Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, listen, I just wanted to start this week by talking about some of the... We'll give you an update on my imaginary girlfriend, really. If you, if you didn't catch last week, I talked about a recurring dream in great detail that I had or was having um, about, I don't know, this imaginary girlfriend who I've never seen in real life who doesn't really match up with what I'm normally interested in women. And I asked the audience to shrink me. And so you did. I got a lot of responses on this, so I don't have time to read them all, but let me let me read a couple of them. First of all, I'm going to read the one from Vaping Point Liz because she's a celebrity. <laughs> Dear Russ, modern science dismisses any ideas of dimensions or... The, uh, I'm sorry. Dear Russ, modern science dismisses any ideas of dimensions of consciousness. So no psychiatrist would suggest that you are meeting your lady with a soft-willed jumper in your dream dimension. If you are aware during the dream that you are dreaming it's a lucid dream uh th that wasn't happening to me um and you can manipulate it yourself if you only remember the dream once you wake up as pleasant then i think you have someone healing you how great p.s what's the th what's the name of the song you start at the beginning of the show i love listening to your introduction which i always enjoy but i wait for that music can't wait to find out who the group is that is freddie king the texas cannonballer and the song is called going down Thank you, Liz. Okay, so let's uh, uh, let's see another one. I got one from Barry. This one is hardcore. This is like this is like some Junian. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Okay, Russ just listen, finished listening to the replay. The dream. I studied dreams a long time ago, but the following is my take. Number one. Everything is a dream. Everything in a dream is a representation of the dreamer themselves. Number two, persons in a dream of same sex, of the same sex as the dreamer are conscious aspects. Those aspects the dreamer is consciously aware of and can identify within themselves. Persons of the opposite sex to the dreamer would represent aspects of the dreamer that they may not readily be aware of or could easily identify with or could easily identify within themselves. Or you might say, persons with a, within a dream of the same sex are conscious mind aspects. Persons of the persons of the opposite sex are subconscious aspects. So the dream would be a representation of qualities of your conscious um, awareness, uh, of your consciously aware self coming into a relationship with qualities of your subconscious self that you are unaware of. Another way of saying it would be that you are at a place of courting aspects of yourself that are attractive to you that have not previously that you have not previously been aware of or that you have uh, or you've been capable of being an off the wall example would be a salesperson learning the trade is full of insecurities and doubts about his ability to be successful but with time and effort gains confidence self esteem and becomes confident and successful so there are new expanded areas of yourself and are not known or acknowledged by you in your conscious mind that you have developed. The dream is saying you can now acknowledge them and come into harmony with them and use them as part of yourself. Look to new opinions forming, new ways of looking at yourself, things that you have had a hard time allowing yourself to be or express or give yourself credit for in the past. You can now let go of not giving yourself credit and start giving yourself credit and be more than you ever thought you were. Don't know 
if that makes any sense to you, but that's all I got. Barry. Thanks, Barry. That is amazing. <laughs> I, I, I think I understand some of it. Uh, uh, was, uh, here's another one. This one's from Rep. Hey, Russ, enjoyed the podcast. Just a thought. I thought it remarkable that you described your dream girl as, quote, not your type and that you liked her. I used to have a type, but my relationships with my type were always disastrous. It became fairly obvious I had no idea what my type really was. With that epiphany, I stopped looking for types and vowed to accept the next woman who came into my life free from whatever expectations or baggage I had previously carried. I married that next I married that next woman. She passed away of cancer after 24 years of marriage. It is quite possible your dream represents a particular blessing in your life you can't recognize because it appears to you in a form or manner, in a form or manner that you are unwilling to accept. Just a thought and keep up the good work. Thanks, Rip. That's a pretty good one. So anyway, here uh, the, those are just some of the shrinkings that you guys have done. Thank you so much for all of your uh, replies. So guess what? I haven't had that dream since that day. And I was having it three, four times a week. And it just goes to show you that women don't like it when you talk about them on your on your podcast. Whether they're real or not, she got the fuck out of Dodge. I swear, I haven't... I mean, I, she's gone. Do not talk about women on the internet. They will want nothing to do with you. Well, I never, ever learn. We got a jam-packed show. We're going to be spending quite a bit of time talking about the Baltimore riots and why everybody's wrong and just missing the big picture, really. As well as uh, some e-cigarette marketing nonsense. And I'm going to have uh, Andrew on to talk about bad vaping manufacturing processes. Uh, mostly, it sounds like what he wants to talk about is uh, RDA-type stuff. So let's get going. Welcome to the show. Hey now, right now. What's up, everybody? Yes, I'm going down. Yeah. I'm going down, 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 down. Yes, I got my big feet in the window. Got my head on the ground. Let me down. All right. It's been a terrible, a terrible few days in Baltimore, Maryland, as, you know, today was, today was a pretty good day, um, fairly nonviolent compared to the last few days. We'll see if, uh, you know, they got a curfew uh, going into effect any minute now. I forget if it was 9 or 10 p.m., so basically now. And we'll see if that holds. I hope it does. 
everything that you see in the media uh, is um, it's certainly accurate. Video doesn't lie, but it's such a um, I, I don't want to say it's a it's not a distorted picture. It's that stuff's really happening, no doubt about it. But I really wish you know, I think there's so many big bigger picture items that are that are missing from this. First of all, what a wasted opportunity. What a wasted opportunity to act peacefully, to get the message of we're against violence out there, that we're against all of all these people getting killed, um, persecuted by the police. All that's that's all gone. There, that that dialogue is gone. At least when Eric Gardner, you know, the 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 when he was tragically killed by the police in New York, the protests were almost, I think almost all of them were nonviolent. I mean, I saw them uh, firsthand. There was no burning. There was no looting. There was no, uh, yes, there were, there were protests and they were disruptive. Uh, and I'm against that simply because that's unsafe. When you, when you close down the Brooklyn bl bridge and you, you block the Holland tunnel, that's a, that could be very dangerous for somebody who, you know, might need to get to the hospital for whatever reason, you know, so I'm against that stuff, but at least they were peaceful. And at least I don't know. I think at the end of all of it, I think there was some progress with the message. That's not going to happen now. And I mean, this this just happened a week a week or two before in South Carolina. You know, cop, according to the district attorney, not my opinion, opinion of the district attorney, murdered a man running away from him. No riots, no looting. Maybe that had something to do with the fact that the cop was immediately um, indicted on murder charges. I don't know. Uh, still, nobody uh, can seem to tell anybody what actually happened to Freddie Gray. He um, and I'm, you know, honestly, I'm not willing to call it either way at this point. Uh, yes, I know there is video showing him um, in bad shape, broken legs. I don't know how he got him. Um, but he was certainly alive. He certainly didn't have a broken neck. And then he gets to the station and his neck is broken eight times, uh, goes into a coma and dies. I'm not willing to call it. I'm really not like, honestly, I just, I just want to see the evidence. I want to wait for the autopsy. I just, you know, in South Carolina, it was, you know, clear as day guy running away. You shoot him in the back eight times. Case closed. You know, the case is not closed here. And I am not jumping to conclusions because I just don't know. I just don't have the evidence. So I'm not willing to call it either way at this point. But that's, um, it's certainly important when someone dies, but that's not what this is all about. What I'd like to do is young black male made a video, which I'm not, um, I'm going to play it. I'm not saying I agree with this 100%. I agree with a lot of it, though. And I think it's a pretty valuable perspective on, you know, well, certainly he's a young black male in Baltimore, so let's hear what he has to say. But I think it's also a valuable perspective on kind of like what it's like to be a young black male in Baltimore who's not willing to do any of this violent stuff, who is against it. You know, what, what you know, that's one thing I, I, I thought of because one of the things that's really, really important that's being left out of all this is that the majority of people who are taking to the streets are peaceful. Look at today. 
I mean, the media had no choice to cover that because that's mostly what was going on. People being peaceful, people speaking about the issues. Um, yes, some agitators, but not nearly as bad. They didn't have any fires to, or, or major disturbances like the, and were major looting like there was yesterday and last night. So fortunately, the, the media did cover it. They had nothing else to, to, uh, to photograph. This is most of the most of the people in Baltimore are good people. And they're against this, and they find it sickening. And I think this, what I'm about to play, is valuable because I thought to myself, what must it be like for the people that do want to affect social change positively who are, of course, just getting lumped in to these murder, to, to these violent hooligans speaking, uh, uh, doing uh, unspeakable atrocities. Let's listen to this gentleman. Nope. Oh, okay. Here we go. Let's listen to him. So I'm pretty sure by now you all heard about this Freddie Gray situation. By the way, this video was made before yesterday. So before the worst of it, this was made over the weekend before even any of the, the hardcore looting and uh, and burning. And I live in Baltimore, so this shit is happening in my backyard, nigga. So Saturday, we had a protest downtown. It really made me wonder if motherfuckers actually knew the purpose behind a protest. Short and sweet, a protest is when a group of individuals come together with a common problem to raise awareness about an issue that they want to see rectified. I am all for fucking some shit up if it got me closer to a solution. I get it, okay? Motherfuckers are upset. I understand anger. I understand pain, rage, revenge, all of this shit. And I understand how those emotions can consume you and bring certain shit out of you that you never knew that you were capable of, whether good or bad. So when shit like this Freddie Gray situation happens, I don't watch the news because I know that the media only shows you what they want you to see. And by only showing you what I want you to see, I also control how I want you to feel about it when you see. When I saw this shit, in that moment, I felt exactly how the media wanted me to feel. Look at these animal ass niggas. While I was watching all of this shit, I was just thinking to myself like, how does this help us win? You know what we look like out there? You ever seen uh, Planet of the Apes, the James Franco version, when the monkeys had just escaped like monkey prison and they were running across the San Francisco bridge and they were jumping on cars and fucking up the police. That is exactly what we look like. A bunch of fucking monkeys, nigga. Now I know it wasn't everybody. I understand that it's motherfuckers that came out there specifically for that reason, using the protest as an opportunity to aimlessly fuck shit up. Now even though it wasn't everybody, it might as well have been. Because all of these motherfuckers standing around with their cameras out trying to record the shit, how many niggas say, yo, get off the car? How does this help us win? This don't get us answers. This don't get us justice. This don't get cops convicted. This doesn't get us shit. How are you helping the situation right now? Shit like this is why America looks at black people the way that they do. Because once we get the opportunity to really fucking shine, to be the example, so people look at us and go, yo, that's how we need to look next time we protest. This is what we do with it. I'm glad this is the type of shit that gets televised because you need to see how we look. No organization, no togetherness, no discipline, no militants, no nothing. You know why Louis Farrakhan was so successful in 1995 when he organized the Million Man March? Black people in D.C. and no violence broke out because everyone was on the same 
fucking page. Nobody wanted to be that one nigga across the street fucking with a cop car. A million motherfuckers, nobody wanted to be that one nigga. Cause it's always one that just can't fucking chill. It's sad when you don't even want to stand with your own people. And that's not me saying like I'm ashamed to be black or some crazy shit like that, but to not want to be a part of something positive out of your fear of what might happen to end up happening, to see all the videos and pictures on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and to sit there and watch this shit and just think to yourself, I'm glad that I didn't fucking go. That's a horrible feeling. I see shit like that and I'm glad I didn't go. I'm glad that I didn't take time out of my day to regret going to something that I wish I would have stayed home for. Make sure you repost this video because a lot of people, not even just black people, a lot of people need to understand the message behind it. The next time you find yourself stuck in your feelings, anger, rage, revenge, whatever the fuck it is, before you act, stop for a second and really ask yourself, is whatever the fuck I'm about to do going to make this situation any better? Think about that. I think more, um, I, I think he's more right than wrong about what's going on. I, well, I already have mentioned, and he didn't, which I'm surprised by, that the majority of the people who are outraged, not only over the killing of Freddie King, but by decades of bad policing by the Baltimore police, unfair policing, um, that they are out there and they're voicing that peacefully. It would have been nice for him to mention that. Um, otherwise him just, you know, just mentioning exactly what I feel, what, what, a, what a, just a complete squandering of an opportunity to elevate an essential dialogue that needs to be going on about the problem that we have in this country with police breaking the law. I'm not asking for much. The, the, the bar for me is quite low. Obey the, obey the law. I mean, I'm asking police officers to obey the law. I don't think that's unreasonable. The, country, the, the problem that we have is profound, and I'm going, to, I'm going to go through it, and then we'll come back to, we'll come back to the riots. Um, you know, first, this is just before we get to it. This is just like a weird thing that I saw. I don't know if you saw this, but the, the Crips and the Bloods, which are... Uh, you know, street gangs um, that do actually have some organization. They met with uh, community leaders in, in churches and whatnot uh, because they want peace. And you might think that that's insincere. It's actually not because they really do. Uh, riots are bad for their business. Their business is drugs and pussy. And I can tell you right now, business is bad. Drug dealers don't like walking around with lots of money on the street when any random person can attack them and, and, and rob them. And prostitutes, women walking around on the street during it. No, it's not happening. So anyway, don't, don't misconstrue their, um, Sorry. Their, uh, their motive for peace is capitalistic in nature for their business. Anyway, um, every day 
in the United States, on average, three civilians are killed by the police. On calendar year 2014, well over a thousand citizens were killed by the police. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying every one of those killings was unjustified. By all means, if there is a person who's about to, has committed violence, is in the process of threatening someone else's life, take any force necessary to eliminate the problem. Absolutely. I can tell you right now, if someone breaks into my house, <laughs> I'm shooting to kill. But when you compare that number, three people per day in America killed by police, if you compare that to the rest of the world, There are enormous disparities between the United States and other first world countries. Let's take an unlikely um, example, China. China has um, four, it's four and a half times the size of the United States in, in population. They have over a billion people. They have 1.2 billion people. In the calendar year 2014, a total of 12 citizens were killed by, by law enforcement in China. 12 in a year. It took three days to hit that number in the United States. Don't get me wrong. China's fucked up. Lots of problems in China. But somehow they don't have this problem. In the United, in the United Kingdom, calendar year uh, 2014, um, one. In Germany, zero, also zero in 2013. In the entire history of Iceland as a country, going back hundreds and hundreds of years, a total of one person was killed by the police. One in the country's many centuries of history. One. And the nation grieved for weeks. Canada doesn't have this problem. Portugal doesn't have this problem. Spain, France, the UK, Germany, they don't have this problem. Denmark doesn't have this problem. Norway, Sweden, and Finland don't have this problem. Belgium doesn't have this problem. Neither does the Netherlands, Switzerland, Italy, Poland, the Czech Republic, Austria, I'm not so sure about Greece. Bulgaria, they don't have this problem. Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Finland, they don't have this problem. Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, and Hong Kong do not have this problem of police killing citizens every day. Australia, New Zealand, Russia, Russia doesn't have this problem. Russia and China don't have this problem, and we do? What's wrong with that picture? I'm going to skip all of the Middle East, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, well, I better just go ahead and skip Africa and South America, because I don't know what the fuck's going on over there. But you get the idea. In the first world, okay? 
it's worse here than anywhere else. You're, it's 70 times more likely when you put all those countries together. 70 times more often is a civilian killed by the police in the United States. There's a couple of reasons for this. Um, number one, with a bullet, is the drug war. Now, um, most of those countries uh, do not have drug legalization, but the vast majority of them do not have law enforcement as the basically the top priority to rack up drug convictions. Um, we have a prison system um, where 70% of the people in prison are there on non-violent drug offenses. This has a profound effect on the communities when they get released, which we'll go into in a second. Pardon me. The United States has 5% of the world's population, yet we have 25% of the world's prison population. These are very, very big red flags. The good news is that violent crime in the United States is at a 40-year low. That's great news. Then why are drug arrests, well, they're not at an all-time, but why, why are we, it's because they need it for revenue. It is, and the, the, the practice of sending these people to jail only to have them come out, not be able to get a job, and then just get them back into jail. It is a, it, it's a scheme by these companies like GeoGroup who own private prisons and are motivated by profit, not by justice, but by profit. They have to churn this. They, they have, it's a revolving door. Don't take my word for it. Listen to this gentleman. He was the chief of police for Seattle. Big city, right? Listen to what he has to say about what's been going on. And um, this is this was on the Colbert Report, which is a, uh, a satire comedy uh, program, but the message gets out loud and clear. Chief of fucking police, Seattle. Listen to him. Folks, folks as a great journalist once said, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Here to make sense of whatever it is, is former Seattle Police Chief, Norm Stamper. Norm, thank you so much for joining me. Norm, you're the author of uh, Ranking Rank, a top cop expose of the dark side of American policing. Okay, you were the police chief of Seattle, Washington, and you did some good work there. For instance, in 1999, the WTO, World Trade Organization meeting was going on in Seattle. Things went crazy, what'd you do? Well, we gassed non-violent, non-threatening protesters. Good for you. Good for you, okay? <laughs> now, you have called that. You have called that the worst mistake of your career. Why? Is it because you know that today there's so many other weapons you could use against non-violent protesters? <laughs> you could use a sound cannon now. Look, we had all of our police officers out there, those on the front lines, in military garb, carrying military weapons, uh, and engaging in aggressive military actions against nonviolent protesters. We thought we had to do that. We believed we needed, for example, to clear a particular intersection. Well, mm -hmm. did we really? Did we have to clear that intersection? They smashed the windows of a Starbucks. Don't you have the right to shoot rubber bullets at Well, that they point? went beyond smashing the windows. <laughs> yes. They actually took coffee from that store as well. 
in, in Seattle. I believe, yeah. I believe, I believe Avente is grand theft. I think it is. Think okay, it is. so, but police are there to serve and protect, right? They are. Isn't a bigger gun or more weaponry just more serving and bigger protection? Stephen, this militarization movement is exacerbating a really strained relationship between police and community across this country. No more than in communities of color with poor people and young people. And we're supposed to be about developing partnerships, being part of, not apart from our communities. But why would you police want to be part of the community? Because the community is where the criminals live. Well, because, because this is America. Okay. And the idea behind that... Play, you, you just played the This Is America card. Well, I certainly did. That is, that is technically my card, but go uh, ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I stand corrected. All right, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I think this is America. I think, I think it's vital that police officers establish genuine partnerships with the communities they serve. So the policemen get the equipment. Here's one of the things I like about the Pentagon program is the, you request the equipment. You have to declare the need. But if you don't use it within one year you have to give the equipment back. And so the police say they need it for something, and then they use it to prove that they needed it, proving that they did. Doesn't, doesn't that mean the system is working? Uh, <laughs> what that does is, is create an incentive for police officers to get in one, into one of those armored vehicles, armed to the teeth, uh, and in a pre-dawn drug raid of a family home, hit uh, a, a suspected low-level, non-violent drug offender who was uh, seen to be in possession of half a bag of marijuana. Mm -hmm. That's happening across this country. Are you saying that th this stuff came originally, it's not terrorism, it came from the drug war? It began with the drug war. Okay, so how do we fix that then? We end the drug war, we end it yesterday. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, wait, hold on. Mr. Stamper, are you high? No. Are you, are, you're not high? I'm not. You're not high? I'm not I'm wearing not. a wire, you can no. tell me. I'm not, no. You're not I'm wearing a wire. Okay. witnesses. Okay, there were 3,000, on average, about 3,000 SWAT team raids in the 1980s every year. There are 50,000 SWAT team raids every year now. Um, what can I do to make sure that never happens to me? Well, behave yourself. <laughs> All right, I am. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, work with your neighbors, work with your community, organize, mobilize, tell your police department that we do not want to see this military equipment and these military tactics employed in everyday routine, sometimes not so routine, circumstances. Um, well, um, I'll tell you what, I hope there's never a reason to have you back. <laughs> But thank you so much for thank joining you. me. Thank you. Norm Stamper, the author of Breaking Rank. We'll be right back. You know, one of the questions that Colbert asked in a tongue-in-cheek fashion was, how do I make sure this never happens to me, the SWAT raid on my house? And, the, you know, the answer to that question really is, you know, the, the, the police, the ex-police chief said, you know, behave yourself. Um, that's a good start. But the reality is there is really nothing that you can tr do to truly protect yourself from that happening 100% because a lot, time and time again, 
And as he said, there's 50,000 SWAT raids per year in this country where literally an army descends on a house to find a leafy green substance in a bag, armed to the teeth. This is what most of those raids are. Like he said, they get all this equipment. Either you, you use it or you lose it, you know? Anyway, um, a lot of times the police go to a home and whoops, they got the wrong address, literally. They're supposed to be across the street. Instead, they're at just some random person's home who's a law-abiding citizen who has nothing to do with drugs, who has nothing to do with anything illegal. And they smash the door down and then one of any various horrible things happens to that person. They shoot their dog. The person, what would you do? What would you do? Um, I know what I would do if someone smashed my door down and came into my house, uh, given that I'm not a drug dealer or doing any kind of any illicit activity that would necess necessitate a, uh, a SWAT raid. I would assume that someone is breaking into my house to rob or hurt me. I would shoot them. I would get my gun. What do you think happens when you do that? When it's the police breaking into your house on a no-knock war no warrant and oftentimes never announcing that they're the police? They just storm in. Well, you get shot. And it happens far, far too often. So no, you can't protect yourself from this. Is it unlikely? Of course it's unlikely. But should this practice even be going on in the first place? I mean, I get it. If you're like in the business of human trafficking, yeah, send a SWAT team to, to, to you know, this is fine. But for grass? Really? You need an army? Because you got a tip off that somebody sold a joint? And that's how a lot of these warrants start. The you know, drugs are bad. The war on drugs is far, far worse. It makes all of us less safe. There are ways to deal with drugs. Drugs ruin communities, ruin people's lives. Absolutely. Not all of them, but some of them sure do, right? There are ways to deal with this. Portugal being a shining example. Um, they have completely decriminalized, decriminalized all drugs, even heroin and cocaine, for over 14 years now. Drug use is at an all-time low. People are treated, not like criminals, they're treated like patients. It's getting better. While crime, while violent crime, I should say, as I said before and shared the, the link, is at a 40-year low in America, the war on drugs, which has been going on for just as long, well over 40 years, is no better. The problem is no better. All that's getting worse is more and people go more and more people going to jail and ruining them their lives, not so much from the substances, but from the criminal, um, from from the quote unquote justice process. It's a revolving door. You have a community like Baltimore, high unemployment, um, a lot of poverty. And the only way, 
as a 14 year old that you can really kind of do any, you know, I'm not saying this is the only option, but the easiest option that they see is to start selling drugs. And they do. And life is better. They're making money. Inevitably, they get caught, get battered around the juvenile justice system, but then eventually become of age when they're over 18. The process continues and they go to jail. Now, once you go to jail, it's a whole lot harder to actually get a job. You come back out, what are you going to do? Fine, go ahead, try to find a job. Try to find somebody who's going to um, going to hire you after you have a felony conviction for cocaine. Good luck. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to do the same thing over again. And now they got some kids. And the process continues again and again and again. Why not put the Bloods and the Crips out of business for drugs and for pussy? Legalize it. Part of the reason why California's prison population is shrinking is because weed is for all intents and purposes legal there. That part of the drug trade is now legitimate, done by businesses that pay taxes. Less people to throw in jail. Some people are happy about that, mostly citizens, and some people are unhappy about that. Number one being the Mexican drug cartels. Number two, um, I don't know if uh, I don't know if California does private prisons. Uh, if they do, those people are unhappy. Otherwise, it's people that get you know, the the various steps along the way of people that get kicked back from the shit. The system's fucked. Number one way to have less violence in this country is to end this war on drugs. Seventy percent of our prison population are nonviolent drug offenders. Think of how much more law enforcement could do instead of going after these people who have not committed a violent crime than going after the people who are. I can tell you this right now, of all the things going on in Baltimore right now, one thing that's not happening, nobody's getting busted for drugs. Oh, no. Police got real work to do now, unfortunately. You could probably smoke a joint right on the right on the steps. Well, you probably can't get to the state. You probably have to go through the National Guard to get to the steps of the state capitol. But you can find a bench in front of it. You could probably light up a joint. Nobody would look look at you cross-eyed. So these people in Baltimore who are taking to the streets and rioting, um, I hope that they are brought to justice. These police that are shooting people in the back, that are kicking the shit out of people in custody, that are arresting photographers, I hope they're brought to justice too. Good luck with that. So again, these people who are rioting, um, I hope they're brought to justice, I have, and I have no sympathy for anything bad that happens to them. Um, you know, it's really a shame that Baltimore and the state of Maryland has such strict gun laws 
uh, some of the toughest gun laws in the nation. Because after, you know, it, it's going to get, you know, the there are, the, the National Guard being there, by the way, is a very good idea. Um, that should have happened much earlier. How someone could not see this happening or not see this coming after Saturday when there's people throwing uh, trash cans through the through the uh, the windshield of a police squad car, that things were getting worse, that they were not mobilized at least 24 hours earlier. It's a huge mistake, but whatever. They're there now, and that's good. Um, that said, they can't be everywhere, and neither can the police. They are mostly going to be around the places that have had the most amount of structure fires and stuff like that, which is in front of businesses, which have been looted. They can't be everywhere. They can't be in all of the residence, residential areas. That's the hardest. And accounts for most of the space, actually. What a shame that these criminals, these looters, these rioters, will have a very easy time, an easier time now, in fact, going into private people's homes and doing God knows what. What a shame that these private citizens don't have guns because it's too hard to get one. Well, you can get one. Uh, your best bet is probably through the Crips of the Blood because <laughs> I forgot that, yeah. Pussy, drugs, and guns. Yeah, they do that too. That's probably your best bet to get a to get a handgun right now. It's sad. I don't condone anything that they've done that is violent. I am against violence in all forms. The only way it's acceptable is in self-defense. And again, I lament the fact that most people in Baltimore simply aren't equipped to defend themselves. And I don't think 911 is going to do you a lot of good tonight. That being said, people can only take so much. And like that guy said, you know, the, 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 the young gentleman whose video I, I played before, when you get, to, you get to a point where it's so much over so long, where the police are picking on you to make drug arrests, to fill quotas, so they can keep their, their military gear, so they could fill their coffers. You can only take so much. And that anger builds until it gets to a breaking point. And then people do things that they probably wouldn't do normally. Imagine how you would feel if one of your loved ones, your, your, your wife, your kids, were killed in a senseless act of violence. Does it really matter who did it? If it was a civilian or a cop, if they were innocent? How would you feel? What would you do? I don't think you know what you would do. I'm not making an excuse, and I'm not saying I understand, because I can't.
I guess um, what, what I'm just saying is this is a huge problem. And it starts with the state. And the state is mostly at fault. Maybe we should talk about that. I see the phone lines are kind of lit up. Um, I don't know if any of you people actually want to talk about this. If you do, push one now. Otherwise, I'm gonna have um, I'm gonna have my guest on uh, coming up right after this. So, Andrew, if you're listening, please call in, and we'll talk about um, I don't know the shitty ways that people make atomizers. Stand by. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know what? Before we do that, hang on a second, Andrew. I see you there on the phone. Let me just take a peek here. I got to do it. I've got this. Uh, I just want to see what's going on because it's 10.08, right? So the, the curfew's in effect. I just want to take a look what's going on. Um... I, I got this feed for uh, for the uh, for the Baltimore scanner, so you don't have to listen to it. You, you, you just see it typed out. Uh, doesn't look like any. Okay, the Baltimore police have tweeted it's now 10 p.m. or curfews in effect. Okay, we knew that. Um, doesn't look like people are from these pictures. Doesn't look, look like people are going anywhere. Let's see how that can end well. Um, scanner. Telling police line, do not advance against agitators. Allow arrest teams to come through and make arrests. Hold the line. Large crowd at North and Pensy. Police line at North and Pennsylvania being heavily reinforced. Nothing yet. Nothing that I can see. But if they want to enforce this, it's going to get ugly. Mm. Anyway, um... Uh, my, my uh, gentleman by the name of Andrew, he contacted me and he's upset about, um, and rightly so really, because I've, you know, there was a, I forgot who said it, you know, back in the day, you know, things are basically at this point with, with vaping equipment, like you, you like you buy it and it works and you use it. You just, you know, like fill it up or whatever. There's somebody, I forgot who said it. It's a, that the last step of the manufacturing process, what was the quote? It was such a good quote. My first experience as an end user should not have been your last step as a manufacturing process. Something like that. I don't know. Basically, you know, people are getting gear like, and it's got machine grease all over it, metal shavings, just lots of wonky shit. Just, and you know, I thought about this because I, I, I haven't really seen a lot of electronic cigarette products being manufactured, but sometimes I hang out with Cisco and Dino at Dino's workshop in the Bronx. And I was watching, you know, I've actually watched them make uh, marquees and stuff like that. And 
like the level of the level of I, I suppose you would call it finishing that they do on the product. I mean, machine grease metal. They're like they're like going over the stuff with sandpaper, polishing it, cleaning it out. Like the the thing is, it's like pristine when you get it. It is the, the manu the manufacturing process is done. So it kind of blows my mind when Andrew he sent me some pictures and stuff that there's actually people selling stuff that's just as expensive as that, where they're just you know you got to finish the product. So hey Andrew, are you there? Can you hear me? Hi, Russ. Yeah, I can hear you great. Hey, what's going on, man? You sound loud and clear. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, you made a great point there. Um, the cost of making sure these products are up to par and making sure the consumer gets something that is held to a high quality really is negligible. I mean, we're talking about a matter of, I mean, it, whether you're just running it through a really, really fast wash where it's a legitimate, you know, deep, thorough wash or... Uh, going through the process of the marquee where you're talking about, you know, the sanding and uh, buffing and polishing or whatever it might be. Uh, it's it's really not a major piece of, of the manufacturing puzzle as far as cost is concerned. Um, so my, my concern where it, it kind of arose was on Reddit, and I'm not going to get into the drama. I had a lot of uh, <laughs> had a lot of hate comments. It's never, never, it's it. never um, ending in that place. ECR is a fucking shit show. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to get into the drama because uh, I don't want it to detract from my main point. Uh, so a gentleman posted uh, some photos of an atomizer that they had purchased, and I'm not going to call out any specific names. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, but they posted some photos of an atomizer they had purchased uh, showing what they thought might have been a spring uh, stuck within the, um, the chimney portion of this RTA. Uh, when in fact it was actually a sharp metal shaving. And I have a buddy, uh, when I lived in Oklahoma, I had a buddy who, who worked in this, in this um, machine shop where they would machine these huge pieces uh, of metal for oil rigs out in Oklahoma, uh, sold parts to you know, Texas, uh, these, these colossal pieces of metal. And they had these steel rods that they would use to kind of uh, slap against the, these spinning metal pieces uh, razor sharp that would kind of be peeled off layer by layer. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, the lathing process for, for, for metal, but it's, it produces these pieces that are just razor sharp. Right. So they would use these, these poles to kind of slap off these, these metal shavings. Uh, unfortunately, my buddy managed to, uh, <laughs> he probably wasn't the, the smartest. And instead of using his steel pole to catch it, uh, he used this, his glove, he had a glove on his hand, this very thick glove. It sliced straight through the glove and into his finger to the bone. So these pieces are razor sharp. Uh, so my concern is this customer gets a piece of this metal shaving within their uh, chimney portion. And okay, it probably wouldn't have gone through the drip tip, but what if it were a smaller piece and it did manage to get into their throat, or even make it all the way into their lungs. Yeah, now you got it. Could be a serious problem. Yeah, now you got internal bleeding, and God knows what else. Absolutely, absolutely. So it, it starts there, uh, but it goes a lot further than that. So the manufacturer did apologize for the manufacturing issues, and they said that they've changed their cleanup procedure. Uh, they're they're pushing it through a pressurized air pump, all these atomizers before an ultrasonic cleaning, and that's fantastic. I'm glad that they realized that maybe their QC wasn't up to par, their quality control 
and they're they're taking these procedures to to remedy that, which is great. Um, but the problem underlying from that is it's far more than just this manufacturer doing this. It's far more than just one company. It's companies from every corner of vaping that are uh, really just sacrificing time, or, or rather the lack of sacrificing time, and putting out a product that is subpar that could either injure people or uh, kind of my point where I'm, where I'm kind of erring on this is the image that we're portraying to the FDA and these state health officials about the products that we're, we're manufacturing. So the other side I wanted to talk about aside from these, these metal shavings uh, was the machine grease. And I mean, this is coming on products that are out of China from fast tech, even high end authentic atomizers coated in machine grease. Yeah. Um, maybe they've been washed, but they still contain a, a layer that has not been fully cleaned. Uh, so you still have a thin layer of, mach of machine grease. Um, and kind of like you pointed to before, uh, that quote is, my first step as a consumer should not be your last step as a manufacturer. And it that's absolutely should not be that way. There needs to be 100% quality control to ensure that there's zero machine oil uh, that, could, that customers could potentially vape. Because think of it this way, what if the FDA were to fund a study where they pulled an RDA, and I mean, we've seen these studies coming out already where they, they name these crazy chemicals and, oh, they contain heavy metals. And I'm kind of curious, how much of that might have been machine oil? How much of that could have possibly been just this microscopic uh, speck of, of metal shaving from the manufacturing process? And now we have these articles on CNN, we have these articles on Fox News, just giving vaping this terrible name. That yeah. could have totally been avoided with a proper cleaning. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I, I don't think those uh, those heavy metals found. I, I think those were mostly found in, in cardamizers and whatnot. But for God's sakes, don't tell don't tell CNN about fast tech because then they'll they'll you know someone will go out and and, and you know t and you know once it's got all that stuff in it, like like you know the end user shouldn't have to do stuff to a product to make it work. It should be ready to go for you know obviously. You got to build a coil and all that, but other than that, you know that's expected. Other than that, you start testing stuff that's got real shaving sitting in it and, and machine grease and God knows what. Now, now you got yourself a study where you can really, you know, just and it would be factual. You know, you got all this toxic stuff in it, and the, you know, the, absolutely, it just makes things worse for everybody. Exactly, and I mean, we we always question, well, what was the procedure for these studies? And uh, I think Doctor Farsalinos has po uh, you know pointed out a lot of really poor. Uh, I guess poor routines for that for the way that these studies are occurring, uh, kind of like those cartomizers that are being blasted at six volts, right? I mean, just really poor procedures. So, I mean, are they really cleaning these atomizers? Are they really cleaning the the machine oil out of this? Because of course, if you vaporize machine oil, it's not going to produce some pretty stuff, and that's going to come through in their results. Uh, so, uh, another side of it is. What, well, what, what do we as consumers do? What can we actually do? Well, right. first, and for, first and foremost, I think we need to stop defending the practices and saying, uh, well, this is the way that atomizers come. Users should just know that they need to clean it, and it's not a big problem. Well, it, it kind of is a big problem. So I'm really proud of the market uh, for attacking the issue of liquids containing you know, everything from diacetyl, acetylpropanol, these other hazardous compounds. I mean, the consumer market just jumped on it, and we, we all bonded together as a community, and we see what's happening now. Companies are coming forward with uh, MSDS 
uh, verification of these, uh, uh, forget what it's called, uh, mass spectrometry, right? Mm -hmm. uh, verifying that their juices are safe. You know, there's a couple companies now. Uh, I mean, for the most part, there's still some bad juices out there. Um, but I, I hope that it will get better. But the point is, we, we've spoken up, and the market has given us something that we requested. And I look at it the same way for these temperature regulation chips that are now coming out, uh, temperature limiting chips. We asked for a safer product. They gave us a product that uh, would regulate the temperature below something that would uh, hit the flash point of, say, organic cotton. We now have a safer way to vape because of that. We now have a safer juice because of what the market has demanded. And I think in the same way we've, we've done that with the industry, we need to do the very same uh, thing for our hardware as well, um, such as atomizers, making sure we don't have any machine oil, making sure we don't have any uh, you know, small specks of, of uh, metal shavings or microscopic even. Uh, we don't need that. We, we don't need that, especially with the litigation that we're facing. And that, that's, that's really the big point that I, I hope I get to get across to everybody is if we start demanding that we get cleaner products, we will get cleaner products. It's happening with juice. It's happening with uh, you know, these, these temperature regulating chips. It's coming. Maybe consumers are slower to catch on. Maybe it'll take time for the consumer side to really catch up. But the market is giving us that because we're demanding it. So I have a question for you. I, you know, what comes to my sure. mind first as a way to maybe demand this sort of thing is that, you know, first thing that comes to my mind is social media. If you get um, a product with metal shavings and, you know, grease on it and all that stuff, I think that you should, and I, I guess this is what you've done and what you're doing right now, you know, you're not specifically calling out a vendor, but, you know, just raising awareness to the issue. I think the way that the average vapor can raise awareness to this issue would be to say, you know, you got this thing, you're looking at it, it's got metal shavings, it's got grease on, it, take a picture of it, say, I just bought this atomizer from XYZ uh, Vaping Company, and, you know, look what I got. Why, why, is, why is it like this? And, and put it on the internet, put it on Facebook, uh, put it on Twitter. Um, is that what you think people should do? Absolutely, yeah. I, I think we should hold manufacturers more accountable for what they are producing. I don't, I don't think that, I mean, there may be another solution, but I think that's the best solution that we have. So to be clear, the images that I, that I sent you, uh, I did not take those photos that were taken by another user um, within Reddit, but it was kind of something I, I ran with because it really drove my point home of something that I've been thinking about for, for a few months now. You know, we're, we're catching up on this juice, we're catching up on the chips, but where are we on the manufacturing side of things? And that's where we are. So putting those manufacturers on blast, I think is really the best way to get that point across. Uh, this manufacturer came forward because people on Reddit did that very thing. Uh, they put them on blast and showed what these products were, and they apologized, and they, they are now correcting their uh, quality control process because of it. I mean, we are, it's, it's already evidence. They realized, wow, people don't like what we're doing, what we were doing, so we need to change it. Otherwise, we're going to catch a very bad name. Now, as far as uh, the social media aspect, what I'm, my very concern is uh, – how, how will the consumer stand on that? Um, because in, in the Reddit thread where I kind of put this company on blast, I got a lot of flack for it saying, you know, like kind of what I explained earlier. Well, you know, we know better. We know we need to wash it. And I, I think we really need to adjust our mindset from that. Uh, you know, it's an easy thing for us to do to this is something that needs to be done prior 
to the consumer receiving the product. It needs to be something that isn't the norm. It needs to be that one company that, uh, you know, maybe ordered a product from some overseas company and they put out a bad product and everyone is saying, oh, don't order that. Their, their stuff is nasty. It's machine oil. It has these metal shavings all over it. That's a bad quality product. Instead, what we're saying is, well, this is the norm that we've known. We're used to it. So we're comfortable with it. Uh, that's, that's where the problem kind of starts is, is with the consumer finally speaking up and saying, we've had enough. We want a higher quality product. I guarantee if this became a big enough push, even products from, say, Fast Tech, we would start getting cleaner products from Fastec. We would start getting, well, maybe not higher quality, but at least something that's that's reasonable and not covered in machine grease. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, I think this is, you know, it's it's a good start. And, uh, you know, like you said, this is uh, something that can be done through consumer demand. If this is, if this is important to people, and it should be, uh, talk about it. Post, you know, any wonky shit that you get. And manufacturers respond to that. Uh, they do not. Uh, like being shamed and you know frankly they should just finish their products it's as simple as that and uh there's really no no place for this just you know don't don't send somebody something that can cut their finger or, or god forbid get inhaled and you know god knows what else you know so just just you know finish the product so it's as simple as that well said yeah uh, that's that's kind of another angle to that uh i've considered those sharp edges, I've, I've gotten a couple of atomizers with the post holes, the, the hole within the post screw uh, being very sharp. Um, maybe not too, as big of a deal, I think, as the machine grease, but definitely part of it. We, we need to start demanding higher machine quality and uh, as well as quality. Control. You know, I got a I got a tip. I mean, this is a little different. This is it's it's kind of in the it's not manufacturing per se, but someone tipped me off that there's a vape shop. Um, well, let's just, I don't think he wants their name on blast, but I should do it anyway. But anyway, he said that, you know, he had a customer come into his store and she had a mod and she wanted to know why it was getting hot all the time. So he took it apart and took out the battery and the battery didn't have a wrapper on it. And he said, oh, he's like, where's the wrapper on your battery? And she said, I bought it that way. I bought it at this vape shop and they sold it to me at a discount because it didn't have the wrapper. And it, you know, that kind of blew his mind. He said, give me that. I'll dispose of it properly. And here, have a new battery for free. But let me tell you, you, you your, your batteries, they always have to have a, a wrapper. So he did, you know, he did a good, did a good thing. And I'm, I'm sure uh, hopefully someone lost a customer and hope, hopefully someone gained one. But, um, you know, some people, they're just... Either, either out of ignorance or just not caring, you know, just doing some shady stuff. And it's just like, listen, we got enough problems about people coming after us, making up lies about, you know, that he's, you know, the vaping's bad for you. We don't need like real stuff that is real dangerous hurting our cause. That's, that's astonishing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, I can't believe a vape shop would, would legitimately, sell someone a battery without a wrap I, I but i do believe it and that's that's the bad part mm. because we do have these really shady shops and really shady manufacturers that really at the end of the day all they care about is that bottom line regardless yeah. of who it might hurt yeah sad but true and i'm glad people like you are raising awareness about this kind of stuff and i'm and i uh, thank you for taking the time to come on and talk about it 
Thanks a lot. There he goes, everybody. Andrew, thanks for uh, calling in. Good call, my friend. Thank you. So you know what's you know what's interesting. Right now, if I wanted to, I don't. But if I wanted to, I could walk down the street two blocks away from me, and I could pay a woman. Uh, yeah, I think she's a woman. I could pay her thirty dollars. And she'll sit there and talk to me for an hour and make up a bunch of lies or do a cold reading or, or whatever and tell me my future. This is obviously bullshit, but it's, it's advertised as such. Psychic readings. This woman is telling you she has mystical powers that allow her to see your future, my future. Or a modest sum. If it was true, it would be a modest sum. In reality, it's a bunch of lies. And she knows it. But it's totally allowed. Totally legal. She's got a business license. She pays taxes. You know? I never understood people who went to psychics. They, how, how you could believe that is astonishing to me. Um, what those people really need... They need like a smart ant <laughs> or maybe a shrink, but a smart ant if you can't afford a shrink, you know? People like Sylvia Brown, who for years targeted the people who were desperate with missing children, charging them. Sylvia Brown was a national celebrity on Montel Williams. She was charging $700 for a 15-minute phone call you don't even get to see her and she would tell them exactly where their children were or where to look or they're dead or whatever or they're alive and so many times you know years later the, the child is found Sylvia said she was dead or the child was found dead and the forensics showed the child was killed years ago she kept this false hope alive in these poor people for years. Totally legal. If you turn on the TV, well, you might have to wait an hour or so. Wait till it gets a little later. But you can find it on the internet in two seconds. You'll find companies that will sell you a pill to make your penis larger. These companies are successful. Despite the fact that as everyone should know, but not everybody does, make your dick bigger pills don't work. If someone ever did make a dick pill that worked, he'd be three times richer than Bill Gates. I mean, every man on the planet would fucking take this shit. You know, you notice there's no make your boobs bigger pills, you know? Maybe it's because women are not as gullible or desperate to enhance their sexual organs. Then again, boob jobs are popular, but they actually work. You could go to a store and buy these homeopathic medicines that are supposed to help you with, uh, you know, insomnia or headaches or what or any of these things. None of these pills do anything proven again and again 
by science that homeopathy does nothing. It doesn't work. It's a fraud. It's a sham. Yet they're able to, to make these claims that these products do things that they don't do. All of these businesses, completely legal. It's all fraud and it's all legal. And yet, electronic cigarette manufacturers today, and boy, it's going to get worse, let me tell you. But today, a company in the business of vaping cannot tell their customers that this is a safer alternative to cigarettes. They cannot say that this is an effective way to stop smoking. It's illegal now. Now, you as a consumer can yell it from the mountaintops because the First Amendment protects you. First Amendment does not protect those businesses from the same thing. How that works, well, it just does. And it's going to get so much worse, and it's the most hypocritical thing that I can ever think of, that, that a, a product that actually helps people, you can't tell the truth about it. Just the truth, the best evidence. Yet I could sell you a pill, tell you it's going to make your dick bigger, and it doesn't. It's a fucking weird world we live in. You know, sometimes you see these news stories, and it's not just that they're um, just hard to hard to believe on a just a uh, just a like how did this ever happen kind of thing, but how did it ever get to the point where it made the news? Uh, here's one I found where um, a girl was banned from reading on a school bus. That's right. Prohibited from being able to read on a school bus. Now, what happened? Well, she was reading and the bus driver told her, that she's not allowed to read on the bus. So the question is, well, how does that make the news, right? I mean, the logical thing that would happen after that is the girl might say to her parents, I'm not allowed to read on the bus anymore. And her parents would say, well, that's fucking ridiculous. Um, let me call the teacher. And the teacher would say, oh, well, stupid. Sure, she can read on the bus all we want. The bus driver is a little, little fucking odd. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk to the bus driver. Don't worry. You know, and then it would be over. It would never make the news, right? But that's not what happened. Because, well, the first part did. Kid told her dad, they're not letting me read on the bus anymore. And then the dad said, oh, this is crazy. Let me call the school. And the school said, no, we're going to support that policy. Yes. Um, their rationalization was, the other children could be interested in what she was reading and stand up and look over her shoulder. Or perhaps the bus hits a, a bump and then the girl could hurt herself with the edge of the book. These are the examples they came up with. None of this was happening. None of this have ever happened. Yet they enforced that. They said, no, yes, that is the policy. And then they said, well, now what we're gonna do when they, I think they realized how foolish that was, now we're just going to make a, a blanket rule that children 
cannot take anything out of their book bags while they're on the bus. Also, who is thinking during any of this? These are educators. You want, One would think that they have the ability to, to, to rationally look at a situation and come to the conclusion that, oh my God, there's a child who's voluntarily reading. She's on the bus and she's not on her smartphone. She's actually reading a book. How wonderful. <laughs> I don't know how, uh, I don't know how a school bus, uh, when, when I was a kid, there wasn't even any seatbelts on a school bus. I don't know if they have them now. You got, let's, let's pack 50 kids in a tin can and not give them seatbelts. That nobody thought about. Little girl reading a book. Whoa, hold on a second. What are you reading for? <laughs> Holy shit. And they refused it. You know, and, he, and now this, this, this shit, you know, hits like a big paper. I mean, this is uh, Canada, but still, it's a big paper. It's, 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 no, they don't want to change it. No. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, uh, this is an interesting one. So there was a, so the man and woman used to be a couple, right? And um, are no longer. But one night they decided to go out drinking with their new girlfriend. So, so man and woman were together, now are not. But man now has a girlfriend and girl has a boyfriend. And they decided to go out drinking. First, don't do that. <laughs> don't go out drinking with your ex, with your new and her new. That's just, it's just a, rep, it's a disaster. It's got disaster written all over it. However, after some drinking, um, the woman, uh, the, you know, the, 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 we're still staying with the, with the two here because the, their, their new boyfriends and girlfriends aren't important really in the whole thing. So the woman decides she wants to have an orgy or a foursome with her ex and her new boyfriend and his new girlfriend. So she says, let's have an orgy. Let, let, let's all fuck, right? And he says, um, no thanks. Okay, so she went back in the room, started having sex with her new boyfriend for a while, and then decided to give it another shot. So now she comes out completely naked. Says, no, come on, join us. Let's all fuck, Right? She's very horny. Where, 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 where do I find these women? And he said, no, thank you. Again. Then she came back out with an iron. Yes, as in the iron to make your clothes not wrinkled anymore. And smashed him in the head with it. Knocked him unconscious. Hospital stitches the whole nine. So, here's the interesting part. She was sentenced to 14 months in jail. So just over a year, but you know, good behavior or whatever. Uh, she'll get out in six months or less, right? For violently assaulting someone for just saying no thank you to an invitation to a foursome. Doesn't really matter what it was for, but the, you know, that's what happened. Okay, 14 months, right? Can you imagine what would have happened if you if you exchanged the roles? Then a man came out 
asked for sex, and was refused. That a man then came out naked, demanding sex again, and was refused. And then that man came out with a blunt metal object and smashed a woman in the head, causing serious physical injury. Do you think he'd get more, less, or just the same 14 months? Are you out of your mind? They would get him on attempted rape, assault and battery with a deadly... He'd be in jail. They'd give him 10 years for the same exact crime, with the same exact criminal background, let's just say, all things being equal. Law-abiding citizens beforehand, whatever. All the other things being equal. He's going away for 10 years. She's getting out in six months. What the fuck? When you, you know, I, I'm tired of seeing these signs on the subway. There's all these signs about manspreading, right? Which if you're not familiar with the term, it's, it's referring to that when men sit down, they tend to have their legs further apart than when we're walking. And it's true. When I, when, when I sit down, I, I open up, you know, and I fucking relax. I sit down. But, you know, I don't, if there's someone sitting next to me, I'm not going to invade their space. But if there's nobody sitting on either side, and that's what this so-called campaign against manspreading is attacking. Like when, you, when, when we as men sit down, we should put our we should put our legs together, you know. I got news for you, you know. Whoever's writing these signs, like we got a cock and balls down there, and it gets in the way of everything. Here, you know, we can't do anything about it when we're walking around. But finally, we sit down to take a load off, and we're not even allowed just to open up our legs a little bit more, just to give ourselves some room to breathe. You don't want to know what goes on down there. It's terrible. And listen. I get it. Women, I don't envy you. I mean, you've got an organ and it's on the inside and like you got to go to the doctor specifically for that. Like, you know, we don't even, you know, we we don't, you know, you got a whole medical profession dedicated to your organ. And yeah, we do too. But I mean, we don't have to go get regular checkups on our cock and balls, you know, you know, unless there's an issue, you get old, you got to get some things checked out, but nowhere near what women have to go through. So I'm not, you know, Listen, I, I, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy with what I got, given the alternative. But that being said, can we just sit down and relax? Open up our legs a little bit. Let the kid breathe. No, we're not even allowed to do that anymore. Listen, someone wants to come by and sit down, I'll gladly put my legs together so that you can sit, so that you can sit and have your space. But why do I have to, why do I have to, why do I have to, like, deem, I don't even know what to call it. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just sitting with them, just, you know, and they got these signs all over the place. What the fuck? Leave me alone. I'm not doing anything wrong. Can't even sit. People fucking don't leave you alone these days.
couple things just for your uh, your own entertainment. A couple new TV shows, for, uh, relatively new, that I'm really enjoying. I was never a fan. Well, I just didn't really know about. Like when I read comic books when I was a kid, I was big. I love Wolverine. Love Batman. Was into the X X Men stuff like that. Incredible Hulk. That's pretty much it. I, I, I like that stuff. I got I got really into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. Anyway, I never knew about really the Daredevil. Right? Never knew, never knew what he was, what his powers. Didn't know nothing about it. But Netflix made uh, a Daredevil show, and it's fucking fantastic. So one thing I really like about it is that the Daredevil has really doesn't have any. Uh, superpowers. Like, I, I understand there's, you know, Batman doesn't really have superpowers, too, but he's like, you know, he's like a billionaire, so he can get, like, all the fanciest high-tech gadgets and the Batmobile and all that. This guy's got not, he, he, his, he carries two sticks. That, that, that's his weapon, right? And his power is actually that he's blind, right? So he's blind, but he has, like, a super, super sensitive um, everything else, you know, uh, hearing uh sense of touch sense of smell so like that's his power and like okay so it's like a little you know like like his hearing is to the point where it's almost like radar you know it's like so good that he can he can hear things from great to whatever so you suspend disbelief a little bit but also he's blind so and other than that he's just a tough dude who knows how to fight so it's kind of believable you know He's a regular, he's actually a criminal defense attorney, which is, which I, I fucking love that shit. So he's like a, you know, justice war, you know, warrior for, uh, for the, um, wrongfully accused at day. And at night he's a, he's basically a vigilante. And what's, in, what's interesting about it is like, unlike Superman or Batman or, or the Hulk or whoever, he constantly gets massively fucked up. Like, you know, he's a tough dude and everything, but like a lot of times people beat the fucking shit out of him, you know? So it's 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 believable and he's a believable character, and the rest of the characters in the in the in the show are quite good. I really recommend it. Um it's quite good. It could use a little bit more sex. There's some sex, not a lot. Very needs a little more sex, but plenty of violence. Um it's funny but not too funny it's good it's a really really good show highly recommended on netflix daredevil i think you'll like it another show that um will probably uh is probably less likable overall to people but to some people really gonna love this is a uh, silicon valley it's a show about a bunch of tech nerds in silicon valley california uh starting up a new company that you know he's got this you know crazy algorithm whatever it's just really funny. It's super nerdy. It's super techie. But like, if you're into that kind of stuff, it's fucking hilarious. It's a great show. Now that show needs, it, it needs more sex. Problem is it's hard to write into it. You know, like Daredevil, he's like, you know, strapped dude. And he's like good looking and everything. You should be getting crazy tail left and right. And we should be seeing it. Um, little bit less, a lot less believable with a bunch of nerds, but they, they need to, they need to work it in somewhere. Anyway, other than that, uh, I have no complaints, been loving the show. And, um, finally, 
I made a big mistake. Um, now, everybody knows about Game of Thrones, best show on television, right? Uh, I made a big mistake. Now, when the first episode of the new season of Game of Thrones came out about a month ago, uh, the day before the episode aired, there was a leak, and they actually leaked out the first four episodes. Boom. Before the first one even aired. Huge leak. Big, big problem for HBO. Big problem for Apple, too. Because there are a lot of people that are going to get an iPad so they can go on HBO Go. Uh, I guess luckily for them, it was only 24 hours before. But uh, still, you know, it wasn't good for them. And uh, HBO's kind of dumb. They should really go the Netflix way. Netflix has no problem getting people to pay for their service because it's fucking awesome. And when House of Cards comes out or Daredevil or Orange is the New Black or any of those shows, you get the whole season all at once. Watch at your leisure whenever you want. You want to binge watch all 13 episodes in one sitting? Go for it. You know, you want to watch one once a week? You do whatever you want. It's up to you. And leaks like that cannot hurt Netflix because they already did it. They already put it out there. And the product is reasonably priced and people are willing to pay for it. HBO needs to wake up and move to this method, this this once a week thing. It's, it's stupid. It's outdated. But, so what was the mistake I made? Now, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Got four episodes of Game of Thrones. Comes out on a Saturday night, right? So, of course, I immediately watched the first one. And, eh, it was okay. I'm like, ugh, ugh. I'm left wanting. It wasn't a great episode. So, and don't worry, I'm not going to give anything away. Uh, but then I watched the second one. I said, okay, I watched the second one. That was good. Now I'm going to wait because I don't want to watch all of them because then I'm going to be, I'm going to have to wait a month before I can watch another one. I couldn't hold back. I couldn't hold back. Eventually I made it a couple of days and I just, I had to watch and I, then I watched the other two and then boom, everyone else who didn't go and download them off the internet, they get to watch one next week. And now, so now I've, I had nothing. Like I got no, I could sit there like a lummox stare at the wall i got no game of thrones but uh, i think finally that's over i think this week maybe is episode five but it's just just do the netflix thing oh and by the way oh, thanks jay um i didn't even realize that um mike judge creator of beavis and butthead and office space uh created silicon valley i didn't know that makes sense why it's so funny he's a fucking genius anyway uh, just a a couple things Entertainment-wise, Daredevil, just, you'll love it. Now, um, 